Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast for the week of November 4th, 2018. This is episode 23 and I am Ron Harkins Jr. I am here with my co-host, Tony Carter. And I am Valerie Vidmar. Hey, Valerie. (laughs) How is everybody this week? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Valerie, what is a song that would wrap up your week? Uh, It's the end of the world as we know it. By R.E.M. R.E.M. My brain's not working very fast there. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? I don't know. I've been listening to Radio Gaga by Queen nonstop with my son, and he's been kind of singing along with it, so I guess that kind of works. Radio Gaga? Yeah. Okay. For me, it would be The Good, The Bad, The Ugly with Anio Marocon. Okay. So we are going to shorten our You just picked that intro. so that you could say his name correctly. <laughs> That's why you picked that song. No, I, I, I think people by the end of the show will know why I chose that. <laughs> um, but yeah, instead of uh, us delving into 45 minutes of us talking about ourselves, we're going to try something new. Um, so now we're going to go into today's docket. Today, we're going to talk about the news we care about. We're going to talk about recommendations of the week from Daredevil Season 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, Designated Survivor, and then roll into today's stew. We're going to talk about biopics, musicians, uh, films based on musicians or musical events. Um, and then that's going to bring us to this week's film, Bohemian Rhapsody. So right into the news that we care about. The biggest news... Gladiator 2. Yeah, I sent it to you, and I was kind of, my dad sent it to me, and I sent it to you, and it's kind of like, well, how are you going to make a movie off of that? And wasn't the original good enough or great? So why fix greatness? I'm not sure. It, it For those that know me, and I think I might have said it, and the Gladiator is among my favorites. Like, it's in the top three favorite movies, so it kind of rotates in the number one spot, or depending on how I'm feeling any day. <laughs> um and for many reasons, I, I thought, you know, aside from having amazing uh, Oscar or amazing performances by the actors, the use of how the editing was and the filmmaking style and music and how that all tied in together just made it all around a phenomenal film for me. And for them to come back and like, OK, we're going to take off. And the initial report was they're going to take uh, Lucian's, the boy, the mm-hmm. little boy story and continue it on. And I'm just like, I just, I don't need that. I don't want it. And uh, for me, that is also in follow-up to like all the rest of the news that was coming out this week of it's basically sequel and prequel announcement same, week. Is it same director? Same director, really Scott. Um, okay. And the writer of Top Gun 2. Um, can't remember what his name was right now. Um, but hmm. other like sequels that were, excuse me, 
we got the hiccups now sequels in uh prequels that were announced this week like hitman's bodyguard is getting a sequel that has been confirmed that they're both on board for that um the mag is getting a sequel the jason statham big giant jar sark it's just movie. the one they just came the out. one they just came out with is getting a sequel and game of thrones is getting a prequel so oh, as a different show as a different show yes peter craig is who you're talking about by the way the screenwriter is peter craig uh the for top gun 2 yes okay so those are just some of the things and it's so i all file them in the same bin of like hitman's bodyguard 2 i can see that I, i'll i'll go and see a secondary that had uh ryan reynolds and um oh sam jackson sam jackson it was hilarious funny liked it really enjoyed it um Let's see, Red Dead Redemption 2, the opening weekend, $750 million. A lot of downloads. That is That's the a game. biggest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just and that was just on a, on a weekend. Um, so there is, I think there was only one other one that had a bigger number, and that's because they started on a Tuesday. So because of how they, they do the, the, box o- or the box office numbers for games. They end on Sundays as well. So, yeah, the first three days of Red Dead Redemption was three quarters of a billion dollars. That's for a game. It's a good it, game. It That's makes, very interesting because I don't ever look at the, the It makes numbers. the film industry look really small. Yeah. But it's also a game oh that God. took eight years to make. To make. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know, any, I don't know any, anything yeah, about games. Red Dead That's party. pretty amazing. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, let's see, Timeless has their set date for the two-hour series premiere. I mentioned it last time, but now we know it's coming out December 20th. And they came out with a little trailer yeah. to tease it. Yes, <laughs> excited. And uh, what was unique about the trailer? You sure? I don't want to spoil. I'm not That's ready. not spoiling. It's in the trailer. I know, but you can... Mm. They come back from the future and say, let's go get Rufus. That was the end of the episode. Episode, yeah, 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 see, yeah. <laughs> You, you feel, but we already we said already that we do that. spoilers. I know, I know. I'm sorry, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, so yeah, the, catch up. I know. So December twentieth, eight central, uh, eight eastern, seven central. My that. So if you're in Kansas listening, it'll be seven o'clock. Right. <laughs> That's right. Just for you, Al. Just for you. Um, Nano Y Mo is here. November is writing month for novelist and. I've been kind of overthinking it, which I do all the time. But uh, <laughs> every time November comes, I'm like, what am I going to write about? And then the whole month's over and I've written nothing. So I'm trying to break that streak for the seventh year in a row. We'll see how that goes. So uh, what, is it, what does that stand for? National Novel Writing Month. That's cool. So, uh, yeah. Or you can write a screenplay or a play. I usually write a play or a screenplay because novels take longer than a month. But And what happens with them? I have a reading and then they sit in my closet and collect dust until I want to produce them. It's kind of a weird thing i get subconscious about my have writing you had a lot of readings no i mean a lot in college not recently i'm still having that finding my real voice struggle so i know it's there but it's not really coming out the way you don't I want even to. have to explain that to me man so i have i got everything in my head i spent all college looking for my voice so that means i skipped classes a lot i didn't go to class because i was sleeping and thinking about my voice and then i was in class thinking it's a lot of <laughs> in my head and my professors got mad and said, you're not focusing. I'm like, why? Well, I've told you I'm not going to. But four years of that, in high school, I didn't really care about it much. But when you're in a theater program, you kind of have to find your writer's voice when people are asking you to write something for them. 
Um, Trisha can talk all about that when she comes on next time. How she saw me gloomy and moody and not emo, but uh, just depressive. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the 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 life of a writer. Yeah, trying to find his voice depressed. in college. So it's kind of like a beautiful mind, but not physics and all that math stuff, but more literary. But moving on, that's kind of boring. So. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, some other news. We got a, a sneak peek of Henry Cavill as The Witcher. Um, and that was just announced last month that Henry Cavill was going to be slipping into The Witcher role for Netflix. They were actually going to be making a series on that. And now Netflix, to get ahead of the game, just decided to stick a a nice little test roll of him walking up to the camera as Geralt in The Witcher. So The Witcher is based off of a, a game that's as well, but they're actually making it into a full-fledged Netflix series, and Henry Cavill, who is Superman, uh-huh. um, signed on board to be the lead character, which is impressive because it continues the trend of Netflix being able to rope in high-profile mm-hmm. movie, legit film credentials and bring him in to do series instead of just hey, focus on one movie. They're now focusing on a nice mm-hmm. arc over, which I enjoy more. Did like- you hear? Netflix wants an Oscar, so that's all this is all about. They're increasing their game, just stepping it up. And hmm? Nothing. I oh. was going to bring, I'll bring it up later. Okay. All right. Um, and in more news, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier um, from the Avengers and... Marvel Universe are getting their own spinoff series on Disney's upcoming streaming service. So that'll be interesting, especially if they keep the characters who actually play them. Are they really doing the streaming service? Because I heard they were going to do it, then they didn't do it, or they just been waiting till... It's supposed to be coming out next year. Okay. They just haven't released the details of it. Okay. And it's got to wait until... Um, so the... Deal with Fox, I believe, is supposed to be finalized in January. Okay. And so the streaming service is going to be using the backbone of um, Hulu. Okay. Because that's Fox-owned Hulu, so they're getting Hmm. Hulu backbone instead of having to develop their own from the ground up. Makes sense. Um, And Johnny Depp is reportedly out as Captain Jack Sparrow. It's been kind of... Yeah, he's been kind of off the rails, and they're looking to reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean Meaning they booted him, or he decided not to do it? They're going to reboot the series, the Pirates series. And they're saying no to him? Correct. Ah. I think we should just leave it alone. I mean, we have to... To me, it'd be hard to imagine anybody else as the captain. No. But... That's the word was that they're moving forward and the way they're going to do it is actually kind of reboot the whole series. Mm. So, um, in things getting pushed back, Wonder Woman 1984 was pushed back from 2019 to 2020 and Dark Phoenix was officially pushed back into June of 2019, which makes it more sense considering they're waiting for the Fox deal to get finalized um, because this will probably be the first... Fox film that gets labeled as a Marvel Disney film. Um, And then one more thing that kind of ties into what our stew today is, is Ava DuVernay is working on a Prince biopic. Should be good. Oh, great. So that'll be kind of cool. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Got a couple trailers that came out this week. Um, Probably the one, go ahead, Anthony, you got some. Okay. 
I got a few here. We have um, The Favorite, which is a period piece. It has uh, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, and um, Coleman. I don't, I don't have her last name. I actually know her. But, but uh, she is going to be playing in The Crown, playing the Queen Elizabeth. Um, but it's based on a true story. The Favorite is, sum up is about women vying for the attention of the Queen. I think it's Mary. But uh, I saw it a while ago. I just had to put it on here. But... It looks very uh, tit for tat. It's going to be, I'm sorry. Olivia Coleman, I think is her name. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to be like a powerhouse of three, two Oscar winners and one Oscar nominee. But it's going to be funny, but also awkward, which I, that's my kind of humor. Um, the Great Buster is a documentary about the great Buster Keaton. Um, it's going to talk about his rise to fame as well as his drinking alcoholism and how he they called a roller coaster, kind of in a way, of when he was um, his uh, slippery slope he had his life. I saw that on Apple. Um, there, I had a car named I named my car Keaton. Keaton. Mm-hmm. What kind of car was it? I don't even remember. Mm. Sorry. Nice car. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah. I'm. Are these? So is this one going to be? Are you talking about major motion pictures? Or are you talking about it's going to be? These strange. are like. Um, motion pictures like coming out in theaters okay um what they had is bob foster or robert foster is in this film with hillary swank michael shannon and bly danner it's basically a film about bly danner is the wife the mother who has alzheimer's and how the father the husband and the children are deciding what to do with their loved one um robert's been doing a lot of buzz about it and jack garner talked about it recently they did an interview i haven't seen it yet but it's my cue to watch um robert's been talking about it a whole lot lately so um, I'm hoping to catch that soon. And my last piece is uh, The Upside, which I don't want to watch, but I kind of have to because it's a remake, American remake of The Untouchables film with Brian Cranston and with uh, Kevin Hart. So they have a different spin on it. It's the same skeleton story, but it's set in New York City instead of Paris. And the elements are the same, but they have a different spin. Like the music's a little different and their dynamics a little different, but still inspired by a true story. But in America, uh, my wife and I are watching the trailer this morning and we're like, uh, okay, so we'll see. But Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston is why I, I don't care for Kevin Hart, but I'm going to get Brian and Nicole Kidman's in the film too. So those two are oh. compelling me to see mm. it. Nicole Kidman. I mean, so, sorry, I'm saying. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, by the way, she's in it. Yeah. So, but uh, Brian, I mean, he's going to be a network on Broadway coming from the National Theater in London. So. I'm going to see if I can get down to New York City to see that. It's going to be, that's even a sidestep, but that's going to be a really awesome theatrical experience of like live cameras on stage capturing network, the stage play with cameras backstage, on stage, audiences, members on stage with him and just getting that real visceral energy of Brian's character from the movie adaptation of, no, the theatrical adaptation of network, the play. Cool. The English are doing a lot of good work over there, so... I'm not sure why America didn't do it first, but I'm glad they're doing something. But that's what I have for trailers for me. What about you guys? Uh, the trailers that uh, roped me in um, Green Book. Yes. Um, it's got Mar- Marsha Allah, Marsha Allah Ali, and Viggo Mortensen. Yes. Uh, and I just it roped me in is Viggo is just this New York City uh, driver who's really rough and around the edges, and Marsha Allah is. Uh, a 
world-renowned pianist. Refined pianist, yeah. I didn't catch the name of the pianist he's supposed to be, um, who goes from playing in New York City to going on tour in the South. And this happens during the, um, you know, a rough time to be a black person in the South, um, in the middle of the civil rights. 1960s American South. Yeah. Definitely rough. And uh, (laughs) Vigio's character just basically is like, oh yeah, it's going to be a rough time for you, but it's just a really look like a really good movie and I'm going to just say it right now. I can see uh, nominations for both of them just based off the trailer. It looks good. And Marsha, I'm going to murder his name every time I say it. Mm. Mahershala. (laughs) Mahershala um, has been on fire because the other trailer he I saw uh, yesterday was the True Detective season three trailer just came out and it looks phenomenal. Um, it reminds me of what I saw with, uh, season one. Um, and he, it looks like he plays himself in three different time periods and it kind of bounces back and forth because he can't place the events of what happens in order. And so it's just kind of him bouncing back and forth between these three time periods. Tattoos to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. never mind. Sorry. Um, so two things from him that I'm looking forward to and it's just everything I've been seeing him in lately is just he's been on fire and is a great actor. Um, side back step. So it's Jamaican American classical pianist Don Shirley was who okay. he's playing. Cool. I actually have been housebound and underground. I feel like I have no idea what's going on out there, but I escaped a little bit to go see Bohemian Rhapsody and I got there in time or not in time but <laughs> uh you got treated too <laughs> yeah sorry I um there's another Grinch movie coming out <laughs> another one another one um however my niece is very excited I guess Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch so um if there's, is, if there's an upside, well, this that's is how where she, the upside is. <laughs> Zoe, my daughter, was talking about, oh, there's so many there's so many Grinch movies, and I, I'm not a Grinch person. And so Kendra said, this is a classically trained Shakespearean actor playing the Grinch. This is going to be great. I'm like, you can take the girls. It's fine. But um, I just I didn't, I didn't see anything particularly different or special about this one but uh we'll see what they do with it but it's coming out uh actually next week next week i right. don't think jim carrey did a bad job as the grinch i think he embodied the character's physicality scary in the whole mugging of his face i think jim carrey was probably born to play that part but Benedict playing he can probably play it, excuse me a little differently so i'm going to probably see that with my wife and see what we how we take on that because she wants to see that as well well the biggest difference is i mean you're talking 3D animation versus somebody dressing up and doing right. live action. Do we know? Benedict? I don't think there's anybody else that could have pulled off doing the live action besides Jim Carrey. Mm, yeah, I agree. There's, I don't think there's a physical character out there that brings his kind of presence to it. And even though it wasn't the greatest movie, I just like even Mike Myers, like you saw Mike Myers in, in the cat in the hat. Mm. Myers uh-huh. is a physical character, but couldn't pull off the cat in the hat very well. Andy circus. No. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I just think it, it was it was the time for Jim to do it, and he did it. And right. but 
It was terrifying. Uh, yeah. I thought. I think that movie is the Grinch. The Grinch is a terrifying looking character in general. <clears throat> I guess he's supposed to be, right? Well, you think about like half of the, the things that you see in like animation things. There's a There was a site out there where people would actually take those animations and like this is what they would look like in real life and mm-hmm. like make them as real photorealistic as possible. And it's like, yeah, that would scare the living daylights out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And like they took like the Looney Tunes characters and put them what they would look like in real life if they were. <laughs> they would be scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Samity. What's his name? Samity Sam. Yos- uh-huh. What's his name? Yosemite Sam. Okay. He would be scary. I think. Yeah. So Bugs Bunny. Well, I think that wraps up our news section today. And trailers. And trailers. Moving right into the recommendation lips. Up first, we got... Well, you... Oh, my gosh. Charlie Cox. I just... Okay, so... Daredevil came out. Um, Actually, I was late in getting on to this, but um, because, yeah... It came out the Friday before our last show. Yeah, and you had already seen everything already, which was, yeah. Well, I tend to watch stuff in binge mode. I try, I can't. I mean, I do it and here's the truth. This is why I was so tired and so whacked out when Jason got home. It's because I could not stop watching them. And so I would watch them until one thirty in the morning. Good for you. Then have to get up at 6 not good for and you. <laughs> the girls and then not take a nap because I, I just couldn't. This week I was need to cr- get back to them. <laughs> this crazy. No, I didn't. I didn't watch during the day. Only at night. I don't watch TV during the day. You would think, but I don't. Um, this week was crazy with Halloween. So, but Daredevil, Charlie Cox. I was uh, the last Daredevil. Um, was okay. I, I I thought it was last season. I mean, oh, um, okay. And no, we're not talking about Ben. No, we're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. But this, where he um, loses his way, kind of. I don't know. I felt it was interesting because I'm now. He definitely had that. I don't believe that my thinking of what I was doing was the right thing because it doesn't make a difference. He was really screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually got really hurt last season. So he's uh, being uh, taken care of by someone very important to him. Well, that that came from Defenders. Oh. Well, I would Because at that. the end of Defenders, the whole building and everything collapses on him and Elektra and kills Elektra. And we thought he was dead. And then the end of defenders was him in the hospital bed oh so that's where this is coming from is he's everybody thinks he's dead because he died in the building falling on top of him okay during the big battle so if you're watching season two i watched because i saw this the first episode season, season two is the the battles with the hand they don't deal with this like they and so i had no clue why where this came from. So I, I was like, wait a minute. So I go back season two and watch the last episode. Nothing. I thought, so, okay, thank you. I, I was thinking, where the hell did this come from? So, uh, yeah. So spoiler alert, Electra's dead. Yeah. And he's <laughs> all messed up. And the, our, but that also explains why, um, 
His friends are messed up too because they think he's dead. Yeah. But one of them. Karen and Foggy are, you know, doing their own thing and everybody's split up and the three are split up and they, of course, have their own things going on. And um, we have Fisk, Wilson Fisk, back into the picture, which he really brings presence, I think. He's the best villain I've ever seen he in the Marvel Universe fan, on he's film. He's fantastic. Um, and scary as hell. He's very scary. Um, so... What can I say about this? I now wonder, is he ever going to wear the suit again? Um, are they going to bring a suit back? Because um, he doesn't wear the suit. He burns the suit. And then uh, Wilson Fisk decides he's going to have somebody put on the suit and make him the villain. And uh, you have to see what happens. I, I don't want to give the spoiler with this, Billy. But I feel like... Yeah, just go ahead. No. I'm, we give away spoilers. But it hasn't been on. Yeah, it's been on for three weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You haven't watched it right now. I mean, gosh. But yeah. We give spoilers for the movies that have been out for like a day. But that's true. <laughs> it, that's true. And uh, one of the reviews I read was um, it was still a positive review, except that she said something about how still 13 episodes is too long on Netflix. It's too many. That's too many episodes. And I feel yeah, like, I, I think what the 10, hell? 10 should be no, around. No, no, no. If, if they have a good enough story to tell, they can stretch it to 13. And if it's did. not tight, it needs to be brought down to 10. Did you feel like this was tight? There were, there was a little bit of a slow time. What the biggest thing that stood out to me from this season was how much screen time Karen and Foggy got. Yeah, they did. I mean, Karen. I would go back through and I'm betting to say that they probably got more screen time than Daredevil did. Charlie Cox. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they probably did. And whether that's a monetary thing to like, like, oh, you're not, this is how we're going to balance out the thing. Because, or he's doing something else that we don't know about. I don't know. Because Fisk sure got a lot of screen time, oh, but yeah. the amount of screen time that Karen and Foggy got was a little bit much for me. It's like, yeah, but I want to know more about Cox. I was enjoying more of his pity party and I would have loved to seen his, him kind of just like raw reactions of like, you know, when you're pissed and like somebody walks up to you and you just want to punch him. I would have wished just to see more of his because that's. That's the character that they're basing that off of in the film. It was just, he was just a guy who's just stopped caring and right. just like all my feeling is gone. Everything I believed in was gone. The flag banner that I was holding just means nothing in this world because everything I do just turns to shit. Yeah. I, I, so because I don't know anything about, yeah. That's okay. I, I was shocked when I saw that you were going to be talking about this. I was like, wow, this is. I, this is big. <laughs> I am not. Yeah, we all know this. I don't watch many of these movies and I'm not big on that Daredevil. I love Daredevil. I don't know. I've always loved him. So um, I and they, they actually slam what's her bucket in this. Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they slam Jessica Jones. And I think that's really funny. Um, also, so at the end, we've got a new character that comes uh that has special power that has bullseye bulls is yeah. that who it is that's it that's his name in the comics is, is okay bullseye. That's, i was wondering he's who never this referred person. to as bullseye in this because he 
basically is developed as a different character. So this gives him a whole new. So in his creation. eyes at the end, when his eyes pop open, when he's in you see surgery, the you see the bullseye. Yeah. Okay. So that's, he's a character that's going to be coming in the future, correct? Yep. And so the interesting connection, you know, so the Netflix Marvel series has never been able to bring in the X-Men universe because they've been separated by rights. So oh, they've okay. been owned by Fox. And so you, you're you familiar with Wolverine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Adamantium, the, that special like the metal. Well, Marvel has never been able to use adamantium or mutants as things that they were able to talk about because of the licensing deal because Fox had it. Well, the connection here is because Bullseye, what they're doing on his back, he's, he's in the comics, he's being infused with adamantium. Uh, and so there's the whole connection between him and the Weapon X program and all of that that goes his around. Sur- he broke his back, um, and so they're doing surgery on his yeah. backbone. So they're putting it in. So the original story of, of Bullseye has him being infused with adamantium. Um, so it was just it was an interesting connection, and it just happens at the point where they're like so who, two months away from being able to legally use all of the terminology and everything going forward. So this could drastically change Daredevil as to where it's going. Um, I didn't, I don't really like the character. I didn't really like the character Bullseye. I mean, I didn't like the actor. I don't know. I didn't really, does that make sense? I like we, like how we love Wilson Fisk is like. So here's a fun one for you. Do you want to know who played Bullseye the first time in the Ben Affleck movie? <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> No way, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. I like Colin Farrell. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with um, this, especially now that they canceled Luke Cage and Iron Fist to see how and what they're going to continue with the Daredevil. Is it, Are we now done with Daredevil now I that Disney's streaming not. service is coming? I surely Or are they so. going to continue it? Daredevil is their number one the rating, Marvel. the ratings I just saw were saying that the viewership was way down on Daredevil season three. And I think that's partially due to season two was not great. I, I know it that's was, what happened. And but um, Rotten Tomatoes, I would say that it came up with the critics love this one. They got ninety three percent. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid story. Mm-hmm. My only complaint was that I Karen and Foggy got way too much screen time. And I think if you cut that screen time down and a little bit of that kind of story that was involved with the two of them, we probably would have gotten 10 episodes instead of 13. I think they just stretched a little bit of that story out a little bit too much. I was fine with it. So. But there we go. I Watch it. There's my... Don't go cut the lawn instead on <laughs> this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say watch it. It definitely is a go for me. Anthony? What do you got? Uh, let's see here. Um, Designated Survivor finally landed on Netflix. So I saw the first season when I was on TV, naturally, mm-hmm. and I was kind of waiting for season two and kind of kept missing it because of, you know, parenting and work stuff. So I was able to catch season two. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on on Designated Survivor. If you don't know, it's about a man who was the housing secretary who was to be fired by the president after the State of the Union address. But the president and the whole mass secession ahead of him were... Murdered, assassinated. I didn't know they were going to fire him. That's yeah. what. That, yeah. I thought he was just chosen to be because one person has to be out. Yeah, he was, but he, oh, he was going to be fired. Yeah. Yeah, they were setting him up to be fired. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. And the whole last session was assassinated, terminated, right? Killed in the Capitol blast, and he's 
in line to become president. And the whole series is about him um, balancing the new responsibilities of president when he knows nothing of what he's doing, how he's going to do it, and his family life. And so just a lot of strife and drama in his staff. Is this a likable character? Yes. Okay. Um, I always call the designated survivor uh, 24, but with the president, yeah. because a lot of people come over. from. And aside forward. from the designated strife with his family, yeah. the underlying plot that's going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> that. It's a mess. Uh, it's a good show. I mean, I like it a lot. I like Kiefer Sutherland. I also like uh, Cal Penn, who plays the uh, speechwriter, so to speak, character, then becomes press secretary in season one. Just a, just a lot of interesting dynamics that go on there. And it lets you know, I guess West Wing did it too. Not better, but just as well. But I think this is our West Wing, even though West Wing is not that old, if that makes sense. Uh, nothing so. competes with West Wing. Don't go there. <laughs> West Wing is... Sorry. No. I can't. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good having another voice besides Sorgan talking about politics and things like that. Yeah, so. I understand. I, I do want to see this. So, I mean... It's kind of hard to explain things because every episode is something different, but there's a continuing thread throughout it, and it's just him trying to keep his head above water. Um, I would say watch it. Um, season one and two are on Netflix. I want to go into more about it, but I just, I, it's no time. It's, I'll get it, keep going, going, going. Just watch season one. Virginia Marston is in it, who was in Sideways, and she's in this. There's a lot of just fundamentally powerful stuff. If you like House of Cards, you'll probably like Disney Survivor. I would. I, I have to say, I watched the first season. Yeah. I did not put it on my renewal thing for really? the second season. I just felt it kind of pushed the a little bit too much yeah. far out there stuff instead of grounding it. And you got somebody like Kiefer. I mean, after watching 24 religiously, right. I yeah. mean, you're like, the dude's an action dude. You've got to put some action in there. And it's like, oh, they're pushing this a little too close to the weirdness of 24 of like these side threads that were just like so unbelievable. They're like, come on. But <laughs> I mean, that's why I call it 24, but in the White House, because it, it, it has its moments. I really, I like right. seeing him as president. It's just something weird. I'm just like, he pulls off a good president. I like Kiefer. He does. I've always loved, I've always loved uh, him Kiefer. and his father. I love the, the two of them. They're oh both great actors. He was in my locker in high school. <laughs> Kiefer or his father? Kiefer. <laughs> okay. Kiefer okay. was. Was yeah. it from, uh, uh, Lost Boys? You know, um, no. It was, I actually got that one from Young Guns. That's what I was going to say. Oh, but I spent uh, a good half of the day writing I Heart Kiefer on a huge rock at Wilson Lake in Kansas. Still there? Uh, yeah. I would I would think it would be there. You should go it's there huge. and find out. I Heart Kiefer. I went through major, major Kiefer Sutherland stage. The mystery has been solved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one. The tw- what, 25 year? 20 year? Oh my God. Mystery? <laughs> 25 to 30? No, I'm just kidding. No, 25. But yeah. If anybody's listening, go find that rock and call There's us some podcast out there that's been trying to figure this out <laughs> forever. And they're like, Wilson really? Lake Can- in Kansas. The yeah. Wilson Lake graffiti mystery has been solved. Yeah. Go, yeah, I would say, uh, Val, if you like, Keeper, you know we all know you do a lot. Go and watch Disney Survivor. Okay, and, I will. Yeah, I do give it a recommend. I mean, I definitely. It, it's just, it was just it. one of those for me. It was like it wasn't enough mm. to like. Do I want to fill up my time with more of this? Which is, it felt, 
it started becoming a little bit formulaic and predictable as to where it was headed. Let me tell you something. It's like House of Cards. I always tell people House of Cards, if it was on network television like ABC, I probably wouldn't have watched it because there's just so much going on and then you have to wait. So I think Designated Survivor does best when you can just watch it all in one. And headline... Netflix is picking up season three because it was canceled. So oh. Netflix is now, they had, that's why it's on Netflix, because uh, Netflix has saved it from the embers. It didn't save Timeless, <clears throat> but um, save Survivor. But no grudges. No, I'm not angry. Um, yes, yeah. I feel the anger. He's, he's in here stabbing a picture of uh, There's ABC. so many things to watch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's overwhelming, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. It is. I, just... I, I, I look at it that I'm, I'm pretty lucky to live in a situation with my family where I have a wife who knows of my love of watching a lot of stuff and spending a lot of time with media. That's nice. Um, because I totally get it how most people would not spend their time doing and watching as much shit as I do. But, but I, I've had many people just like, how the, where, where do you find the time? It's just like, yeah. I kind of use any time that's open. Yeah. And if you're escape escape person i mean i'm an escapist i'm I'm an escapist but i'm also somebody like you know i have a bunch of stuff on the dvr that like it doesn't require a hundred percent attention so if i'm just doing stuff on the couch reading whatnot i'll throw on an episode and it'll be on in the background and i can still follow along because oh see i can't do that that's why i listen to books there's certain it's only certain stuff i just call them throwaway shows because i just i don't like silence that makes sense. Oh my gosh! Grace so today, way. like a completely silent house drives me to, nuts. Today we came back from uh, breakfast, and Jason is on the couch, and we have a couch in our kitchen. And what? Wait, what? We have a couch in, in the kitchen. kitchen? Why? Yeah, love seat or sofa. Um, is this part of the remodel? No, it's bigger. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I see this because I don't remember seeing it last time I was there. Yeah, it's probably remodel. Have you been there since the remodel? No. Okay. I've been we outside, had been to inside. remodel people and just, we had a, a dishwasher incident, so it's not like... Oh, yeah, we, we talked about this. It was on our first episodes. It was. I know. Go back and listen to it. It's so fascinating. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's it was so... It's going to get its new spinoff episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quiet today, and I kept tapping my... I said, it's too quiet in here. And Jason said, it's kind of nice. I said, I don't know what's going on. I can't do this. And I kept tapping my foot, and I was tapping my foot. I was going crazy. <laughs> I almost had to put music on, but I, it was so quiet. I can't sleep in the quiet. I can't do that. Yeah, I have to have a fan on. I have to have white noise. I something like that. Actually, I listen to books to go to sleep to. Um, yeah. So we have a rule in my house when it's time for bedtime in my bedroom, especially. We can't listen to music. We have Sebastian still in the room because he's four months old. Yay. Um, Hmm. We can't listen. When, he can listen to music all day long. He listens to Sade. That's his favorite artist. Also, Freddie Are Mercury. You serious? That's <laughs> what he puts him to sleep. But our rule, my rule is, since day one, when the Grace Mary said, I cannot have vocal lyrics over my sleep because it, it messes with my dreams. Maybe, it yeah. starts going in my head and I start dreaming about whatever the song's about. And it I throws can't do me it off. either. So it has to be instrumental. So listen to Spa on Amazon. And, I go, and then everything in your dreams has weird music over it. Right. It's just. <laughs> So that's why you looked at me weird when I said I'd listen to books. Yeah. I know. I can't listen to music, but I can listen to books. I don't, but I've been doing it since I was a little girl, listening to books to go to sleep. So I think Grace needs to have the fan or something going on and go to sleep and it drives me nuts because I, mean, I don't need noise. I just need, so I So you can be in the silence. When I'm sleeping, yeah, I prefer to have silence, but I hear <laughs> all night. So, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah. Hmm. 
Sorry, Grace, but that's just how it is. <laughs> so speaking of doing, spending time doing <laughs> something that's insane to most people, uh, my recommendation this week is Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, don't usually talk about games in depth here, um, but I am going to talk about this one because it is something that if you're into gaming and you like Old West, um, like I'm a huge uh, Western film fan. What are you playing it on? PlayStation 4. Okay. It is on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, I appreciate what they did with this game big time because they put in a very engaging story. You know, it's very easy to just put a throwaway story in it and just walk around and, you know, shoot people, rob banks kind of thing. But they took the time to actually like tell a story that like if you, you could watch a film and then you can watch another film and you watch another film and they were all connected and it's just telling a story. But instead of you viewing the film, you're actually participating in the film and in the story. And like every decision you make has consequences. So if you get, if you just want to have. Is it like a choose your own adventure type kind of thing? Of. Yeah, the way they've designed it. So, like, that's why it took so long. You play the character of Arthur Morgan. Um, it takes place before Red Dead Redemption One. So, Red Dead Redemption Run One was based on John Marston and his family out west, and him being—I uh, can't remember—it was the FBI or the Pinkertons. Basically, forced him to work for them to be able to free his family. And so that was the whole thing. And you met some of these weird characters through Red Dead Redemption 1. Well, they were John Marston's old gang. And what they did was with Red Dead Redemption 2, they took all those characters and they actually showed you the gang. You're part of Arthur's gang because Arthur was part of John's gang. But John was much younger and his son was younger and his wife was younger. And all these weird little characters that you met through the first game are in this gang. You interact with them. You do missions with them. Um, and the Pinkertons, you meet them along the way. But they've designed it so that you get to choose what type of conscious and what type of person Arthur is. He's either going to be a gang. You know, the gang life, they don't do it as like, oh, yeah, these guys are just out there um, constantly shooting and robbing people. They're doing it as a way to live, a way to embrace the spirit of being in America, not being tied down by the rules of society. And they're a very quickly diminishing group of people as civilization starts taking over the West. You know, that was the big draw of the West was there's no rules, no limits on society. You do what you want to live. And that's how a lot of the outlaw gains is the – do it. It's like civilization came in. Outlaw way was the way to keep your existing way of living. Did you finish this game? No. Okay. So I was wondering. I'm getting there. How they do that. How you do. Do they have hours in mind? Like how many hours it would take to finish something in mind? I'm getting there. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Arthur, like I said, they give Arthur basically and you as the character a way to what type of outlaw is he going to be? Is he going to be an outlaw who just does bad things because he's a bad dude and likes to do bad things? 
or he's a guy because he's doing it because that's the way for him to survive and to help the people that he cares about. So, you know, for example, you're riding a horse and all of a sudden there's a lady on the side of the road who fell off her horse and broke her leg. You have the option, like, are you going to help her and get her back to town or are you just going to walk by her? You could shoot her. You could lasso her and tie her up to the rope and drag her. You can do anything you want to do. But if you choose to help her, then it takes your meter and basically moves you up to the good. And the more you do good, the game actually finds a way to reward you in the way that people respond to you. So if you're walking down the street of a town and like you've been doing good things, people recognize you and like, oh man, you're the, you're the dude that helped me out in doing this. Let me go buy you something in the store and continually rewards you. Whereas if you go down the other side of the scale and you start doing like <clears> – <throat> You randomly decide to steal somebody's horse. You re- walk into a bank and try to hold up the bank. People recognize you as this bad person. Do you go and, and can you shoot people in the bank? You can do whatever you want. The game is uh, completely. How, how you can't. Hmm? Like how. Um, what is the word? How violent are we talking about here? It's violent. I mean, it, it, they try to make it as real like consequences as possible. So like you shoot somebody, you're going to. See the. I, what I'm trying to get at is you couldn't do anything to the girl on the side of the road. No, you no. can't rape them. No. They, okay, they was, don't give you that option. Okay. I'm just it's checking. basically you can do a violent action or a good action, or you can just be ambivalent and completely ignore it and walk away. But you can tear up and, and drag her behind you? You could. Yeah. I mean, God. I haven't done it, but it's That's, theoretical. You can lasso anybody in anything. You can lasso an animal. So there's like 200 different animals in this that you can discover and find. The, the map is insanely huge um but like i said it's just that's interesting it's impressive the detail that they put into this not only from the game side but the game mechanics but the level of like hey what kind of character are you going to be are you going to be a really evil person or are you going to actually try to be a good person and the game senses that and rewards you from that and everybody that you come in contact with reacts to what your decisions are if you checked on youtube if you uh some people Walkers. play games and oh. then they film themselves playing the game and then they yeah put it on i'm YouTube. not much into that no i just wondered if it was on there oh i'm pretty you can sure watch people play so this game they I, advertise the game as it takes 60 hours of game time okay. from beginning to end now that is just purely straight going through the required missions to get to the end that doesn't include all of the hundreds of side missions that are out there. Hmm. Like you'll have randomly meet strangers that need like certain things done. And the each character has like these really just like blossoming stories. They're just like, well, they actually put a lot of thought into this. Like you meet a guy who is basically the breakthrough for uh, remote control. Uh, but he's actually trying to sell his remote control invention as something else as like the ticket to immortality, but you meet him in terms of like him talking about, uh, you know, he's just trying to control a toy boat and he's trying to sell it to people and you get to help him just, they're just involved and they're detailed and they use a lot of history and background. And so there, you learn a lot from these people as well. And I just really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. If you're a gamer, just prepared to spend a lot of time. And I'm kind of at the point, like I'm not even 50%, I think through, I've been pretty much playing it since last Friday. You're you're meeting somebody who is inventing their remote control in something that's in the Old West? 
this it was eighteen ninety nine, so it's pre you, know, you already industrial. have electricity and all that is already happening. Cool. Like I said, it's the intersection of when civilization started taking over the old West. Oh. So these people are basically they're running from mm-hmm. advance of civilization to try to keep their way of life going and it's just it's interesting. It's a lot of a lot of detail, a lot of time put into it. And if you have the time, like my time is going to die down now. I mean, there's no way I can play the amount I played this week. I had this week open, so I played a lot and just enjoyed the story. And like I said, it's like watching film after film of Westerns. Does your wife watch you play games too? She's sat there. I mean, she's, you know, she's browsing Facebook or doing her work for school and she'll be sitting on the couch and like some of the conversations and stuff that happen are hilarious. They're just like, did they just, what the, yeah. And like, you know, the horse poops, you know, little things like that. If you stand around, horse lifts up his tail and you hear. So, you know, my youngest daughter is sitting there cracking up because she's like, did he just fart? And I was like, actually that, yeah, that's what a horse does before they fart or before they poop. You know, that kind of a release of air. And then you like (laughs) the little, the little details they throw in, like, you know, the horse flicking off flies off of its ear. It's just so detailed and like immersive. That's cool. Like, I get lost in everything, like and she yeah. should play it. You should have a you should have a Red Dead party. I don't. I, I gaming isn't for everybody, but like I said, this type of game was definitely for me. I love the first one. I love being feeling like I'm in a film. Being able to to navigate using a remote control and thinking about what all the buttons are and what they do and playing a game has never been something that I was able to do. Like, I can't do that. That's too much. This this one doesn't take that much thinking because the the controls that they use. I'm an Atari person. Like, (laughs) the controls and setup they use, they they take a very long time of explaining to you as to what they are. And they give you a lot of setup and tutorial. But it's not button mashing. You're not like, oh, I have to do A, B, A, B, B, up, down, up, down. Like, it's not that kind. It's like, yeah, it's very slow and very methodical. It's like, You do everything with purpose. You don't just do it because you can do it. So, yeah. So it's a high recommend on my list. I say go for it Um, if you're a gamer and you have time to spend. I think a lot of people already have. Yeah, (laughs) 750 million and counting. So, all right. So, do you got any reads or no? I am reading something that's kind of cute, but I... Did I, I finish something recently? Uh, actually, I started 10% Happier uh, by Dan Harris that was on Audible. And uh, so I'm kind of reading that. That has to do with meditation and how that turned into his life because he got stressed out. And he, I guess he had a meltdown on camera when he was on Good Morning America. Um, so I am reading that, but I'm also reading or listening to, I should say, Lost for Words by Stephanie Butland. And um, I like that she talks a lot about poetry, books. Uh, it's very interesting so far. So, um, but I mean, that's what I've been listening to. I I kind of had a whole bunch of things that I was, you know, you finish a book. I finished In Pieces by Sally Field. I loved it, and it doesn't. It doesn't really deal with the movies that she's in. It deals with um, 
her relationship with her mother, her childhood, uh, and the struggles that she's had. Um, unfortunately, um, she did write this, of course, before um, Burt Reynolds passed away, and they had a relationship. And, um, she's not paint him in a good light. So that was kind of sad to hear. Uh, but, you know, it, wow. I, I recommend the book highly, especially to people that struggle with, uh, hmm, <laughs> who had difficult childhoods. I did not have as difficult a childhood as she did at all. But she deals with a lot of anxiety and, and she deals with, you know, kind of, immersing into the world and how she does that. It's kind of amazing because you don't even think about it when you see these characters that she plays in the movies. So it's not a, I played this movie character and this is how it went. She doesn't really do that. Jane Fonda kind of does that in hers, but I recommend that in pieces by Sally Field. And where can they find it? Uh, Oh, we're doing talking about (laughs) Guys, I'm tired. Um, but you can find it on audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Awesome. And one of the ones I just started up, um, I don't know if you caught the Netflix series Mindhunter. Oh, yeah. It's got uh, Jonathan Groff in it. Watched it. Um, so I'm actually listening to the book that's kind of based off of it. Okay. It's called Mindhunter as well. And so I just just started that. It's like 14 hours long, so it's going to dig in to listen to that one but first hour so far has been okay <laughs> first hour um i really enjoyed the netflix series so we'll see how it compares that came off of the book right the netflix series was based off the book yeah, yeah. so i'm sure i'm sure yeah. that it'll fuck up for you but the the biggest difference was the netflix series the two characters aren't real they're um how do i explain that Composites. Yeah, they're composites of real characters. They're a little bit different okay. than the actual people that it's based off on. So okay. Mindhunters is actual the actual story from the actual guy. And Mindhunters, the film, is loosely based on characters that they created from different people, but they're not 100% like this is the actual character kind of guy and this is the actual there's so many things on there. So people go to audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Speaking of stew, let's roll right into today's stew. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about biopics or movies based on mu- music events or musicians. Um, so I just wanted to talk about this because Bohemian Rhapsody was coming out and it seemed like a good time. And like Rocket Man is coming out in a couple weeks, I think. January, is it December, January? Anyways, the one based on Elton John. Mm-hmm. And we have, by now, we have a huge collection of yeah. films to choose from. Um, and I even like, I went to Facebook and I just kind of put this out there. I'm like, hey, people, what are your favorite ones? And the number of people that responded as to like what their favorite stuff are. And they range from, you know, uh, movies um, that are based on uh, actual musicians or an event to mockumentaries that are like, you know, right. these are, and the biggest mockumentary was probably This is Spinal Tap. I mean, everybody, 
that put a it put a fake one on there was basically that one. I don't think I saw any. Uh, My husband put um, that one on there. I did the same thing. Yeah, and it's great, great film. Um, and then there were a couple people that were um, actually also posting, just like, hey, these are the YouTube versions of concerts. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of concert video that people like to to watch. Um, so I just want to chat about a couple and you know see what see what makes a good a good film about a musician um what liberties are okay to take um what kind of things instantly turn you off so anthony what films popped in your head uh, selena was the first one that popped in my head actually um i think that's the first one i remember seeing i think the one i actually have most vividly in my head with jennifer lopez that's when i first realized who jennifer lopez was uh, Selena is about the singer Selena, who was very popular in the 80s and the early 90s, and then she, you know, died unfortunately young from a murder um, from her one of her best friends, her business manager. Um, but I guess for me, I like things in sequence, not sequential order, but things that make sense in the order that they happened. I can talk more about that with Bohemian Rhapsody, but other films I find. Just in general, I like things happening in the timeline that they happen. I don't like things jumping out and putting them in places they don't belong just for artistic license, I guess. Being a writer, I guess, that strikes out to me is that when a film has all this history and then they move things around in the timeline to make a dramatic point, that takes me out of the movie, especially when I know the history of the person. Um, there are sometimes you can take creative licenses where you can like you know, take certain... People out, they could take a daughter out or a son out or take, remove a person or you can composite people and that makes sense to me. So I guess that works. But as a whole, I think just timeline jumping and ignoring facts kind of. What would be one of your favorite? I don't think I have one yet. I think Selena like, still sticks in my mind, but I don't have a favorite. favorite. Yet. What about one of the worst that you've ever seen? Ooh. I think La Bamba would be worse in terms of performance. I mean, I like Lou Diamond Phillips a lot, but I think his lip syncing was pretty horrible in that movie. Um, I'm not sure what was going on with that. The story as a whole was good, but his singing and concerts were pretty rough. Um, Why Do Fools Fall in Love on HBO with uh, Richie... Not Richie. um, I should know his name, but... uh, I don't know his name. I should look it up. I just popped my head at you. I didn't even put him down on the sheet. But there's a special Halle Berry was in that film, and that was a biopic as well. And it was about three women going after the state of one of the most popular uh, singers of his time, which he was with um, Little Richard and that group, the Bops. Okay. So um, I'm drawing blanks right now. But uh, it's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll pop in here and out, but I think I just, for me, being a writer, I try to stick to time. And when it's messed with for sake of artistic license, I have a problem with that. A lot of people wouldn't know. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? That's the problem. I, I know too much, so I read too much. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think a, a lot of people wouldn't know that. I would say that um, I watched a lot of these and I put out the same thing on Facebook. Um and I got a lot, <laughs> I got a lot of answers, especially from my s- sister, <laughs> Wendy, I had lots to say, but we grew up kind of watching, um, you know, Coal Miner's Daughter and Sweet Dreams and, uh, um, those types of things. I mean, I watched them, uh, 
I was trying to think. I, I said the first thing that popped into my head was something that I watched when I was, I believe it came out in 1984, 1985. I can't remember, but Amadeus, when I, I went to see Amadeus, I think when I was around 10 years old, um, and I remember being mesmerized by it. Um, I have absolutely no idea if that movie, I mean, you know what I mean? The movie obviously takes, I would assume, <laughs> um, some liberties there, but uh, I was mesmerized by that. I then, you know those movies that are bad, but you like them? <laughs> okay. So I I loved, I don't think The Doors is a particularly good movie, but I, I loved it. I loved the soundtrack and I thought that Val Kilmer did a fantastic job into kind of like disappearing into the character of Jim Morrison. Um, so I listened to that soundtrack a lot, which is kind of interesting. I, when you really love the soundtrack of the person that is singing, that's not the person that they are portraying, like Walk the Line um, with Joaquin Phoenix. And I loved the soundtrack. Um, so Reese Witherspoon won Best Actress for that, uh, which was interesting Why? for me. I don't know. I I didn't see that coming. And I feel like I Joaquin, I don't know who beat Joaquin that year. But Was that Dana Day-Lewis that year? Oh, well, geez. He was second elf in that Probably. Um, and then we, uh, we had... Spinal Tap, of course. But I, you know what? Sorry. What? It's like me. I don't like Spinal Tap. But I'm also the person who doesn't like Forrest Gump. So here we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, My friend but, Barry doesn't either. So don't worry. So the interesting thing is that uh, I tried to watch something that got great reviews. And my friend Sebastian suggested. Um, and I'm going to get there. <laughs> what the hell is it called? Jason, I tried to watch it. It was the movie about, I'm sounding like a complete airhead right now. I apologize. Um, oh, Control. Oh, the one about um, English band. Yeah. Yeah, Control. So we... What was that? Joy... Joy, Joy Division. Joy Division, yeah. Okay, which I had never heard of. Joy... Joy Division, and I we tried watching that movie. It's a badge, I'm sorry, but it was so slow. It's a beautiful shot movie, but I couldn't do it. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't like that one. So uh, there was lots of, I don't particularly think that Purple Rain is fantastic, but I love it because it's because Prince. It's got Prince in it, yeah. You know, it's Prince, and I, you know. And and then we had an interesting thing where people were wondering if, can I say Eddie and the Cruisers? I loved Eddie and the Cruisers when I was a kid. Oh my and God. They're I, fake, those, the, the fake bands. And I thought Eddie and the Cruisers were real. And then um, there's a movie. Following the big thing, you got like that thing you do was one of the comments on mine because of the fake bands. Yeah. I So I think that was interesting. And then the one movie that I didn't get to see um, and uh, it was actually mentioned uh by stacy and by my friend Teresa was velvet goldmine and i haven't seen that and that's based off of uh, somebody who's fake I, um i would say i kind of want to see that what is that anyway 
something. There's a sound in the uh, studio. Kind well, of it was outside the studio. I know, a little <laughs> scary. Okay, so I want to see that one. Um, but yeah, I think that there um, was one. Oh, there was a documentary that my friend Rhonda said, Searching for Sugar Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. But, but I they think say that, that one. Yes. One best doc. Yeah. And then we, there's a lot of people that really commented on this Mr. Alvis Opus, um, The Rose, et cetera. So, I mean, there's so many out there, but I, my favorite, I would, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. Amadeus kind of comes up in my it's head. It's a good film. It really is. And uh, my sister. Uh, Wendy, who's been on the show, she isn't, um, well, she's an artist, whether she says she doesn't, she doesn't draw, but she can draw. Um, She's amazing. Amazing. But she doesn't do that. The one thing about artists are they're self-deprecating. She, so, and Amadeus is in our, she drew the cover of the movie uh, on, and she painted it. On um, in our attic, she also did hmm. the true blue Madonna with the leather coat. You would, I mean, are they still in your attic? Yeah, these hmm. are pa- fantastic. Sure yeah, of them. Yep. Oh, I'll tell her to post pictures of them because yes. you won't believe it. I'm not talking about. Yeah, she's my sister, so I think they're good. I'm talking about the fact that they're damn good. Like she's really good, but she doesn't draw. Not that that's that's okay. Anyway, so um, Amadeus has been he's in my attic, so I don't know. I think that that's kind of burned into my memory. Um, I think that one of the first ones I remember seeing was probably the Buddy Holly story. It might have been La Bamba. It was one of those two. The first time I was like learning about an act or a musician who came before that I didn't know about. Like I didn't, I hadn't even heard the music. I don't think it or made the connection that who Buddy Holly was. Um, but it remember it stuck out to me. Oh, was that Nick Nolte or was it Gary Busey? Gary it was Busey. Gary Busey. And it was just, it stuck out to me. Like, and it still sticks out to this day. And I don't think I've ever watched it since, but it just, it just sticks out of like, Oh, just going through a musician's life and all the, the stuff that they go through. I think the bomb scared me. I mean, I feel like, um, the plane crash scared me. I mean, then we. I mean, how many plane crashes can we have with these people? So we had we lost a lot of people to plane crashes. Oh, they travel a lot, and they usually travel in small planes. I know. It's just the, who's the, yeah, and the fact that somebody didn't get on the plane, and I. I don't know. Yeah, that was. Um, it's just a little. Was that Elvis? Who didn't get on? No, not Elvis. Um, no, not Elvis. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy would absolutely because that that kill appeared right in, now. in Walk the Line as well. That same the they brought that story into there. Walk the Line was I really I really enjoyed that. Movie I thought it was a, a phenomenal film. Um, I thought he, I be. it's one of the the films that I I look at and say hey they did a good job at least portraying the voices and actually trying to sing and do the voices which. A lot of the older ones you have, if that are based on musicians, they'll bring in tapes and then they're basically overdubbing or singing, singing over them. I have a record that I found 
um, that is the Coal Miner's Daughter record, and it's actually Sissy Spacek singing, and she is spectacular as Loretta Lynn. So um, there was one, there was a couple on my list that I hadn't seen that I wanted to see. Like I wanted to see I'm Not There. I didn't have a chance to to get that in this week. Um, the one about Bob Dylan. Yeah. That, like mm-hmm. um, there's like six different actors that portray him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why this one, I, I lost it until you said HBO. Um, I wanted to, to catch the Matt Damon, Michael Douglas, Liberace one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard good things about that. I just hadn't seen it. And Liberace was one of those, like my parents listened to Liberace when I was young. So I like, I know the music. I've heard the music a lot. And like, again, like our house was never silent. There was always something yeah. going on. So it was like old records or old tapes of Liberace. So I was like, when that came on we didn't have HBO. And so I never went back to look at it. And then you just said HBO and it just reminded me like, oh, there's that Liberace one. Um, and, but the, one of the ones I did look at that I've been, it's been in my queue for several years. I, I did inside Llewellyn, Llewellyn Davis. It's a good movie. And oh, this is I, one I of those that ones movie. that are, it's a biopic. That's like, it's not a biopic because Llewellyn Davis didn't exist, but it's loosely based on a person who did exist. Right. Um, and it's got the Oscar music. Isaac, Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, Adam Driver, and I love that. It's a very simple film. Mm-hmm. But it Oscar is. Isaac can sing the shit out of that film. And it just, it brought it to another level for me. Yeah. Especially like you have one of the opening numbers of him and um, the lead singer from Mumford. Yeah. Uh, singing uh, vocals together. It's actually one of my favorite songs. That like, it brought me into that. I'm like, whoa. And then I'm like, as it got on and it's just, it's more just Oscar Isaac his like personal moments. I'm like, it was a really good film. That's a great, that's um, a great one to bring up. I forgot about that one for some strange reason. I listen to the album all the time, but and it you know it doesn't get great reviews, but it was just like one of those things. I feel it's, it's not for it's everybody. A, it's not for I, everybody. I loved it, but I feel it's a complete film in the way that it told a, a story. It wasn't the greatest story. It wasn't a happy feel good movie story. It could but it be was slow a, for some people. It could be slow. There's a lot of. You know, it, it's, it's underlying simple. depression that is in there. So if you're a depressed person, you can <laughs> latch onto that really quickly. I'm not, I mean, I don't say that looking, I was just like internally, like no. I go through like depressing moments and it's Real. like, he can latch onto that. And the music that he sings about is not very uplifting music, I no. mean, but there's something about his voice that yeah. brings it to another level. And I think when you can actually bring a film and you can put people in it that can actually sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go back into this, like when you have a movie musical, you know, you can wrap those underneath here as well. Like what makes a really good movie musical is when you actually have people who can sing, right. mm-hmm. not sticking actors or people that can kind of fake it, but it don't quite reach the level it can. Or get people to bring in people in seats because, you know, so seat fillers, yeah, not talent. So I think there's a lot out there. Um, I think we've, we've knocked off a couple of them. Um, if you're in, like, definitely if you're in the mockumentary, go see this as Spinal Tap. Um, Eddie and the Cruisers is a good one. Um, if you're looking for a little bit more raw and real, I highly recommend Walk the Line. Um, Ray was a good one for me. Yes. I, I, Jamie Foxx's performance as Ray was just, I never saw Jamie Foxx during that whole movie. That was just like a complete transformation for me. And I love that when an actor just takes it to a different level. And I recommend if you've, 
you want to see a good film, go see Inside Llewellyn Davis. I think it it's just, right. it's a good film. And, you know, going through and seeing films that you're, you're not even uh, thinking about uh, their music or you don't, aren't, like, for instance, my nephew, Derek, he liked Eight Mile and Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen, I actually haven't seen Straight Outta Compton, but I saw Eight Mile. I liked that a lot. And, uh, and there, and there, and that touches so. into like a whole nother, like there's a yeah. lot of movies out there that are about the music industry in themselves. You've got eight mile, you've got almost famous, which is somebody else's in this room's favorite film. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> high fidelity, you know, Empire I love records. High Empire records, you know, things that are, they're kind of just outside the, Hey, we're not about a certain musician, but we're about music. things that go on in the music industry. And music is a huge part of not only the soundtrack, but the way it tells the story. And yes. So, yeah. I love when, sorry, Ben high fidelity when he says, okay, how am I arranging them? And he's like, alphabetically? No. And then he, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, biographically. He's like, whoa. <laughs> anyway, High Fidelity. That's a great movie. It's a great book, actually. It's Nick Hornby, and uh, it's based off Nick Hornby's book, but it's fantastic. The, the book is great. So on to the main event oh, here. He's oh, he's got somebody. Okay, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. So um, I was talking about Why Do Fools Fall in Love? That was Frankie Lyman's biopic that had uh, Lorenz Tate in it. Um, just backwards, go back, look it up. It's on HBO. It's also on a couple other stations. Also, Crash won Best Picture of the Year that... Um, oh, my God. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon was uh, won Best Actress for Walk the Line. Um, Holy cow. Our buddy, our friend, our brother, Philip, won Best Actor that year. Okay. The Oscars, so... Oh, that was for Capote? Yes. Yeah. And George Clooney won Best Supporting Actor, um, and Rachel Wise won for Best Supporting. Okay. Yeah, I... Th- and- isn't that like led to part of like Joaquin's like mental yes. breakdown? Yes. yes. And he went into He went way yeah. In, yeah. into that. But yeah, that's a different story altogether. But I just wanted to let us all, I'm filling gaps. That's so, okay. But yeah. Brokeback Mountain did not win Best Picture, but it won Best Director and Crash won Best Picture, which, which we, all we all don't can't like. can't stand. So. It was so. one of the worst <laughs> things. So. I don't know what the hell happened. There. Yeah. Okay. But well, moving on. <laughs> so moving on to the main event. We have the movie that just came out, Bohemian Rhapsody. Who wants to go on and take this one on first? I'll take it on first. So, Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, Rami Malek. Yes. Um, Timmy from Jurassic Park. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I cannot see him and not think of Timmy from Jurassic Park. (laughs) I don't even... Yeah, that didn't even... It's a thing when you know Jurassic Park, you... Yeah. He still has the same mannerisms. (laughs) I'm still thinking of... Well, here we are again Where? in the car. Who is it? Which he, one? He was the bass player. Oh, okay. So was he? Also? He was the one with who had like right. the frizzy hair by the end. Somebody, um, my friend Kay asked if somebody was in Neverending Story. Were, were one of them in Neverending Story? Uh, it, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think. I think There's a couple that were from uh, Game of Thrones, Littlefinger. Yeah. Was the manager. Yeah, he's always playing creepy, sketchy characters. Yeah, it's his face, man. man. He looks like a creepy, so sketchy I've, character. I've never seen <clears throat> Raimi in anything. Ooh. I didn't. I, no, I hadn't seen him. So his anything. his biggest thing he's been known for recently is Mr. Robot. Right. And it's crazy good. It's got Christian Slater in it, too. I love Christian Slater. you got to go watch him. Mr. Robot. It's really well written. And it's he's basically on the verge of, like, psychotic break of, like, what's real, what's not. 
he thinks uh, just go okay. see okay so when i went to see this movie i was alone so i didn't have to worry i wasn't sidetracked by um people next to me do you like it do you not like it i got to have my own experience and i don't know about um queen i listened to it a lot uh introduced by wendy actually and listen to their music a lot, but I don't know anything about them or um, Freddie Mercury, actually. So when I saw the movie, I just sat there and let it pour over me. So um, I cried like a baby. Was I manipulated? Looks like I was, but um, it worked for me. I I, I loved it. I actually, um, Marco Polo Dustin talked about it for probably 15 minutes and then I put this huge thing on Facebook about it. Um, and Kendra and I are going to go see it tomorrow. Uh, and when I wrote my Facebook post, I still hadn't looked into any of the story uh, or any of um, Freddie Mercury's life. Before we talk too much about going into his story, you said you, you knew about his music and you knew very little about Freddie Mercury. What are the two facts that you think pretty much everybody would know about Freddie Mercury? I knew... Well, I knew he was gay. And? and Yeah, he died of AIDS. Okay. You'd think that would be pretty much, anybody going into the movie would probably know that, right? Well, yeah, and his teeth, I guess. Yeah. I had an interesting experience where the, when he kissed um, Jim, who would later on become his lover till, yeah, we'll get to that. There was a vocal response from people in the audience that were gasped and shocked that that happened. (laughs) And I was just like, I looked at my wife, I'm like, did that just happen? Like, these people are audibly, like, surprised that he did that. And then later when he was coughing up blood, they're like, you could audibly hear somebody like, oh, no, he's got AIDS. I'm like, seriously? Mm. You heard them say it? Yes. At two different times from the same section, but the gasps Why were not just localized to there. It was like several people around the audience. I'm like, Whoa. wait a minute. How could you go into a movie about Queen and like, I know virtually nothing. I did not, aside from knowing many of the pieces of music, those are the only two facts Maybe I knew about gasping. I couldn't tell you the name of any of the band members or any of the managers no. or what any of the album names were. Me neither. Um, but I did know those two facts because and I, knew the songs. I grew up in the nineties and that was what was big. I heard about that. Right. And it was just like, Wow, mind blown. I, I thought everybody in the world knew this. I thought it was interesting um, the way it started out. Now, I feel like I was probably... Emotion- it's like not knowing that Annie has red hair. <laughs> red curly hair. Or that she's an orphan. <laughs> she's an orphan. Um, <gasps> what happened to her parents? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but anyway, um, the movie starts out with... They, you don't see him. They don't show him. They just show... The back of him, Bohemian Rhapsody, actually comes across his back uh, when he sits up in bed. I thought that was interesting. And then they have him walking with barefooted, and you see the cats and everything. He's <laughs> walking, and he gets ready to go out uh, onto the stage, Live Aid, 1985. I was 10 years old, and I sat and watched it with Wendy. Um, and we gave my—I think I think we may may have— Gotten into our mother's purse, maybe, and gotten a credit card, hmm. and 
gave to Live Aid. Surely we asked her, but I, I think this, I could have a strange memory about it, but so, this move, this started and this it bookended the movie. It was Live Aid. And so we, we talk about Live Aid and this is totally based on 100% true facts from beginning to end. Mm. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is I loved Live Aid. Right. And I love that they bookended it with. And then when you go into, they go and they go back 15 years to 1970, right? Mm, Correct. Yeah. Um, and how they, I don't know if that happened or not. Um, what specifically are you talking about? Uh, how he became part of the band. It's sort of true. See, what I was like shocked by, the part that shocked me, and I didn't make an audible thing, is I didn't know he was Pakistani. Like, me no, either. I, no idea. I'm like, Farouk, what? That was like all news to me. That, but I, like, okay. I didn't make that audible. I'm just like. I didn't know it either. I was um, like, huh. That was interesting. I also did not realize that the reason why his teeth look like that is because he was born with four incisors, uh, extra, extra incisors, um, and that he felt he didn't, he was, even though he was insecure, he didn't want to have surgery because he thought it would help. Like just vibrato. verse. It's kind of like voice. Barbara and her nose. She didn't want to mix her nose. Right. She thought it affected her singing if she did. So right. don't so break it. What's, what stuck too. out to you from the movie? We'll go into the what's not true and what's <laughs> well, true. Okay. okay. Just the fact that um, how they portrayed him. Uh, I, you know, he falls in love with Mary. Um, and I believed it. I believed the love they had. I believed that she loved him. And I believed that. Uh, how loving he was as a person. Um, just kind of like a, I don't know. I like the way he calls people darling. I don't know. I like that. And the fact that the band, in my opinion, the way they work together, somebody would have an idea and they just went with it. Okay. 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 It, there was no, except for that one tiff, they had a tiff where they get mad at each other for, uh, that this one song, I love my car or something. <laughs> um, other than that, I felt like everybody went with, I, I thought the, the music and how they came up with the music and how they came up with, I thought it was awesome how they came up with, we will rock you. I thought that was really cool. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And, um, the filming had some interesting, the way they dove into the tour bus and they go straight through the tour bus and then they go out into the stage. The filming of that whole sequence is interesting. And then how they do all these colors and everything. Um, they go a little radical with that, but the stage performances, um, I loved. And I mean, I was, I didn't. Okay. Well in the movie, he tells them, that, uh, well, basically that he is, has AIDS. Um, so I felt that a week he, before live aid, right. When they were, were going to try to work together again after being separated for years because he went down a dark path and Mary comes to rescue him and you know, da, 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 da. His manager was a jerk and not answering the phone and didn't give him the message about live aid and, he dumps him and, you know, all these crazy things. And I'm thinking, okay, so he's finally gotten there. You want him them to get to back together. Now they're getting back together and he's dying and he can't get his voice to work because he's sick. And then finally he gets on stage and we have, what, 15 minutes, 13 minutes of live aid. Uh, 
the performance that they had. And uh, I just cried like a baby. I mean, I was practically sobbing in this movie. Um, And then come home and read (laughs) about the fact that he didn't even know he had AIDS until two years later. Um, And they had never broken up. I mean, they were touring. And it took him like another couple of years before he even told his band members. Yeah. So that, that was a manipulation of, I mean, here's the thing. Was I manipulated by the writing? Yes, I was. But you know what? I enjoyed the movie. I loved the movie. I loved the performances. I, I raved about it. I still enjoy it. I mean, I even knowing, yeah, it's not, yeah. Even knowing, all of it. I still enjoyed it, but I see where it's kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like, oh crap. Well, that's not cool. I, so watching the movie for me, I enjoyed the musical parts. Yeah. I felt as a whole, I felt the movie was disjointed and I didn't know why. I just felt like it was just, things aren't flowing Hmm. in a, in a way that they felt natural. It just kind of like, okay, split cut to this and you just like complete right turn or like, but there was not a, a, a nice flow for me. I enjoyed the musical parts. I think Rami just killed it. I mean, he probably one of the best lip syncers I've ever seen. I mean, for him to pull off some of the stuff and you know, they didn't do it from far away. I mean, they were right up in his face. And so you saw every little thing that he did and every little movement. And um, I got a movement coach. He got a movement coach for this, which I thought was unique. They had a choreographer at first, first. and he let go of the choreography so they can work with movement coach. And I think it definitely showed off. It paid yeah, off. Very smart. Um, the, I I just lost what I was going to say. Well, the, manip- the way they came up with how they how the audience sang. My so yeah so my biggest my biggest issue besides like things feeling disjointed is I felt even knowing nothing about the band or the characters on screen especially the drummer I started it started with the drummer is they felt like they were parodies of characters like they weren't portrayals of real people but they were more of like parodies in a way that like this is what people they want you to see who the person that they were. Does that make sense? Yes. Caricatures, but not like, quite. Um, the caricatures. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like, it's weird. It's clean like worked with them. So close to being a representation, but a little bit overdone. Right. Like I felt like the drummer was a little bit over, like he's what you would think of as an eighties hairband drummer. Not to me. But I'm just, this was, I'm just saying this is my perspective. And it started taking me out in the moments. And there was times when Rami felt like. But he like, could sing. And he could sing high notes. But there was times when Rami felt like he was overdoing a little bit. And then he'd all of a sudden, he'd be right back to solid character form. Hmm. That are like, it just, it felt like to me that they were overplaying it instead of it being a little bit more down to earth. Like, and. I think some of that came from whether what happened with the directorial part of this or it happened because of how they decided to tell the story, which was definitely disjointed in the way certain events happened. Maybe it does have to do the directorial part is they have two directors and we have uh, 
one was fired. Brian Singer was fired and David Fletcher was brought in. We don't know why, do we? We do know why. Um, Brian Singer was uh, erratic on set. He was not showing up days at a time. He was irresponsible. He and Rami got into fights. But that was never confirmed by anything. That was just rumors. The studio never came out. So there's nothing official on record as to what happened. That's what we mean by it was not not confirmed. But yeah, I just heard a lot of inner strife. So So that could be a part of it. I thought it was interesting. So the writer, um, oh gosh, you guys. Anthony. Thank you. Um, the writer is used to writing about real people and wrote The Darkest Hour and he wrote uh, Peter and Theory Anthony of Everything. Known for that, yeah. They're known for doing biopics on British subjects and people. Is that, so I don't... I'm I pretty do. sure if I, we go back, I don't know if we talked about it in this, I know I talked about Darkest Hour, but I believe Darkest Hour wasn't told the way it Chronologically? Was, yeah, the way yeah. things actually happened. So he has a ha- habit of doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get having to do it for creative license, but personally, as a writer and history buff, it takes me out of the movies when I know. So he definitely was, it was in a manipulation factor. Yes, there's Absolutely. a lot. My problem with the film is that you have two of the surviving members, minus the bases, have a say in the production. So right. I had a feeling that they were making themselves look, like you said, not quite caricature in my taste, but just looked good. They and want it, you to see them how they think you want to, want to see them. Yeah. That's fine with me. But when you know, it's just... And I think that's where, like, you know, there was rumor, there was actually, this was happening, Sacha Barrett Cohen's mm-hmm. film was going forward uh, with the portrayal of him as Freddie Mercury, but the band didn't want him to do it, so he couldn't get permission from the band. Right. But his was supposed to be that more down-to-earth, raw, like, who Freddie Mercury was and get into that. And what I had read um, as I went through the next day after the film was that the band wanted a much more sanitized, family-friendly, right. so you could bring your kids to see this film. Yeah, and they put a rated R movie it. into a PG-13. That's what they said. Yeah. So, I mean, I while I enjoyed the film for what it was, just constantly the writing element kept sticking out to me and bothering me. And, again, I love Rami's portrayal a whole lot, and I love Jim Hutton's. I love that tenderness between them. Mm-hmm. But the whole Mary situation for me was like, why are you guys together? Like, I saw that moment, but I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that she loves him you're telling me that he loves her but you're not showing me it i mean the piano scene was lovely it was great the whole upside down piano thing was fantastic but it's like i felt they were just together just i didn't see anything did. blossom between them really besides I just did. i mean i was maybe it's just me i don't know i just I didn't felt, feel uh, i don't know it could be just i know their history and that kind of thing and maybe that was why i was thinking the whole time they're not really gonna but i just didn't feel i i, I saw the love between them but i didn't I didn't know why. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> but I, I think we have an audiobook stolen. I, I can't. I can't stop. I can't stop. Actually, now she There we go. <laughs> I am so sorry. It's okay. That is the weirdest thing. Ghost in the studio. Um, I just, I, I, I mean, I, I guess really what it kept it off for me was the whole live aid situation where we have him them using again it's dramatic license yeah but it's like he didn't tell them for two years and it's just like what i i I guess my favorite part of the whole film was i didn't tell him for two years and he didn't know he had aids until well after lights aid yeah right so 
It was just weird. But they they changed Live Aid's performance for me when I watched it. That is why I'm crying. You know what I mean? So that yeah, I, can see I, I think saying. I think that's kind of what they wanted to do. Is they just wanted to get to that part and like make all the musical creations. So like, oh, how Bohemian Rhapsody came up, and it's kind of like they painted with a broad brush and then started doing a little Bob Ross yeah to uh-huh. fill in sure. But they didn't do all the fine detail work, and they're like, this looks good enough. Right. We don't have to put everything the right way. We tell an entertaining story. It, I, I give it that. Me not knowing every single bit of history going in, it was an entertaining story. I enjoyed it for what it was. What ruined it for me was the next day reading how way out of whack history was right. in terms of that. See, it ruined it for you? Mm. I mean, I in looking back at the movie, yes. I can understand you. I can understand that. That's fine. I totally get I that. My, she gets you. She doesn't get me. My favorite part, I, I guess, would be like the scene where Freddie takes Jim home. And that's my favorite part of the whole film where he says, he takes him home because he want to have tea. And they're with his family and his father and him have that moment where God. they reconnect. Again. That's what got to me. I said, Tears. that's powerful. And then they said, get the television. So that made the whole film for me. I guess I had to wait for that point. But again, I mean... Of course, they didn't get together the way they said they got together. Yeah, it's just it's a, lot of, a lot of uh, stuff like that. Just, I mean, I guess knowing history and knowing stuff like that and knowing about Queen, watching the movie, I'm like, that's disappointing that they did it this way and they did it that way. They didn't have to do it that way. And then, again, you could have framed it so much. But then again, know. they're behind the film. They wanted to be the way they wanted to be. Okay. So, so backtracking a little bit. How did your wife enjoy it? Uh, Grace uh, and I were both kind of like, Grace liked it. She, I would say, enjoyed it. But she she said, and she can she'll say it again. I felt this movie was just made just to get Queen back into limelight and sell records because they felt being in the light for fifty really? years that they were trying to get their albums out. So she found it to be a vehicle for money. And did you feel well? Like- the the next stage of Queen is it's already ha- it's Queen and Adam Lambert, right? So what? Yeah, do you remember Adam Lambert? From, I know exactly. He's been singing with Queen for a while, and actually they're putting out. Um, Oh. They're supposed to be putting out some new music, like new written Queen music with Adam Lambert. I will say the, uh, a scene that is entertaining, however, I really, it took me, it did take me out of it, was seeing Mike Myers. That was it. We had that to have that moment. That was insane. I laughed out loud during that scene. I, I was thought, one of the few people in the crowd that laughed. I, I, I enjoyed that moment. And I... Th- I, I truly wonder how many people realized it was Mike Myers, except for the people that grew up with Mike Myers. I can't believe you wouldn't know. I mean, I don't know. I, okay, right. So if you haven't grown up with Mike Myers, I guess yeah. you really wouldn't know it was him. But the makeup wasn't even that good, people. I think that was kind of the point. point. Okay. That's, I mean, and, are and they giving the him Mike, a thank you? And so on the history of like things, the whole Mike Myers character was a fake character. Right. Like the guy didn't exist. And so that whole scene, which... Went on for like what felt like fifteen twenty it minutes. Did, it just did. a huge portion of the film, um, and then he comes back later. Yeah. You know, having him having live aid it, make all and it's their basically their way of just saying thank you. Like no, it was their or basically way of showing like this is how we were treated by many of the people in the industry oh, that, yeah. in yeah, regards that. to this song and this album is that it just didn't fit into what everybody thought everybody wanted it at that time. So they boiled it down to this one character who didn't exist. What a thing that... Uh, I, but he brought... Mike Myers put Bohemian Rhapsody in his That's movie. why I guess... Yeah. That's what I said. I said, I think that he was brought into the film because it was a thank you. Because yes, exactly. Back, what I wish they didn't do with that, though, was not have a center shot of Mike Myers when he told that joke. 
let it be more of a room shot and him throwing it out there would have been even more funny, but they Focus focused on. directly on Mike Myers as he was talking about kids hanging banging in cars to this and then cut away. I was like, it's ridiculous. It would have been Actually, a much better joke as a throwaway. Uh, reference the movie. Wayne's oh, World. The thing that really for me also was that I like the opening sequence and I like the end cap sequence too, where, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Grace and a couple of people that know me when I do theater, when I used to act in college, you know, and even when I direct, I bounce around a lot. I hop and I you know, just bounce around the premises. I jog around the place. I ground myself. So seeing Freddie actually bounce and move and yeah. just get himself energized and excited. The guy sweat a lot too. Like he really put his soul and body into every performance. Yeah. And it was impressive seeing Rami actually have that same energy too. I know he was acting, but still he had to give hundred percent every night spot on. to do that. So Grace's one thing was she said the Pepsi, the beer never moved on the piano. So she was watching the liquid on the piano and said, it's not Jurassic parking, which is when, when the ripple. So, um, oh my gosh, what an interesting point. She watches things like that, like I do, but she notices it. It's not rippling. It's not the duh. I didn't even think about that. They, um, I'm just impressed that they remembered to put it on there to replicate. They the had scene. so they had people. Well, they had the band was there. I mean, they had people who were actually there. They had people. Um, well, they had sing, footage. Yeah, they had people sing Bohemian Rhapsody and send it in, and he they um to their website or whatever, and so he, they brought in all of these people singing Bohemian Rhapsody. And brought them together, and that is how they created the crowd singing along with him. Mm. I think that's cool. I mean, things like that I think are pretty cool. But um, yeah, watching him on stage, I went home and then watched it on um, YouTube. Even the way he, like I watched every detail, and he was spot on with it. I mean, I love the way they made sure that that was perfect, like that. You kind of have to. All of the movements were perfect. So. Well, here's my thing. I'm going to end on this and I won't, because I can go on forever. But when I do biopics, like I wrote one about Conan O'Brien in college. Um, and Anthony McCartan wrote Theory of Everything. And he said that writing a biopic when you don't have information is like piloting a spaceship to, say, Jupiter or to Pluto. You see your target. You see it there. You launch and you're, you keep it in sight, but you don't know what is going to happen in between. So... With my Conan script, for example, I didn't know a lot of information. I had to read a lot about him in college, but I had to fill in the gaps. In this story, the gaps were filled, and they still chose to navigate around, go backwards, forward, and meander. And that in itself took me out of the film a lot. I enjoyed it. I had to turn that off a lot, but I enjoyed it for what it was, but I wish we had not the sanitized you, you went into it knowing. The tr- yeah. See, I didn't. If and you, a lot of people don't, so. And if you don't, I mean, now you do. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, I... Honestly, mine is a go see it. Go see it. And I know you didn't care about seeing it in IMAX, but to me, I want to see it in IMAX just that Live Aid concert. And I do. I just want to see that in IMAX. So I think that'll be cool. Hopefully we'll get there. All right. That wraps up our stew for the day. The next show, Anthony's got the topic. And I don't know what it is, but I will find it soon. And I'll let you guys know. Just don't tell us the Friday before. I won't. I don't do that. No. That's okay. not fair. And the movie is um, to be uh, determined. To be, to be determined, too. Right. We like to keep you in suspense. I do. So let's start winding down our show here. Let's reach into our grab bag. Anything in the kids' corner? Uh, no. I'm sorry. 
no, don't apologize. I didn't see anything worth watching for kids either. I didn't. Can I, I tried. say one tried. thing? Why is Paw Patrol on at 9 o'clock at night? What is what? Paw Patrol. I don't even know what Paw Patrol is. I do. I have to go see it. That's uh, for those kids live. that don't go to sleep. That's My right. daughter's like, Paw Patrol. I'm like, why is it on at 9 o'clock at night? You should be in bed at 7. What are we doing? That's, That's what right. DVRs are for. That's yeah. right. Crazy. Um, but DVRs, yeah. you can watch them whenever you is want. Is that what you want to say, Paw Patrol? I see. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying. I just a little <laughs> just kidding. annoyance on my part for Nick at Night, putting okay. Nicktoons. So. Uh, game app of the week, go see above. Um, I think I talked enough about that. Uh, what's on your radar and what's on your queue? Well, let's see here. Oh, I'm- I think we all watched the same show. We all saw Sabrina. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I got confused. You want to see Sabrina. I want to see Sabrina. Oh. W stands for want, so. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, W is watched. Did you see Sabrina? No, I've seen a trailer for it, but I, I have to watch I, it. I want to watch Sabrina. You okay. watched it? I've watched it. D- and so, can you just say yes or no? In short, it's a yes for me. Okay, good. Um, in, uh, short. I, well, in short. I, for some reason, I lost sight that, that Sabrina is actually based off a comic book. Right. So she's, right. she's from Archie Comics. Yeah, the, she's, she's a side of that. And so there's the Melissa Joan Hart version of Sabrina is just like not even like close close to what they put out. This Camp. is dark. Um, <laughs> there is times when it's pretty violent. Um, so be prepared for some like, oh, wow, I didn't I'm, expect that I'm excited about moment. Um, I really enjoyed it. it. Actually, and I will say this, I wasn't a huge fan of Harry Potter films. I enjoyed this way better than this was more engaging to me than a Harry Potter film. So watch. I'm that. looking. F- I'm looking forward to Grace here the next season already. Okay. So I like what they did with it, and um, I thought the kids' characters were they're pretty cast pretty good. Any I um, so back, back to Tony. To um, I see that you have Outlaw King on your queue. That's on mine as well. So I trailer for that this morning by accident. House of Cards just dropped on Netflix, so I'll be watching that. It's the last season, so we'll see how it goes. I'm trying to avoid spoilers on that as well as people bashing it or praising it right. on the internet because there's a lot of people who benched it when it first came out. Um, and a lot of those people are because of Kevin Spacey leaving because of that whole well, thing. And so they just decisions. jump on this. He makes bad decisions. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's it for me. I mean, I'm going to be watching House of Cards this week, probably finish it by the time you come back. And I'll be talking about that in my recommendation list. Okay. So, yeah, so I caught in Sabrina. Um, Titans is now on episode three on the DC universe. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, The last uh, one, they introduced the Doom Patrol, which is going to be the next show that they get. And, you know, Brendan Fraser plays uh, Mr. Robot in Mm. that. And so it was like, I heard his voice. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's Brendan Fraser. I, I completely forgot about this. Um, it's a little hokey at times, but they're trying to keep it a little bit more grounded. And I, I like I like my superheroes grounded. I like them real real to have a little consequence to them. Um, I wrapped up Man in the High Castle season three. Um, I don't know why I keep going back to this series. It's not a great written series. It is a good series. There's something weird about the Nazi uh, era. Like, you know, same thing like Indiana Jones and Nazis. Mm. You know, it just brings you in and it's fun to watch. But the whole thing of Man in High Castle is the Nazis are in control and in charge. And it's just like, it feels weird. It's just, 
So mm. season three was long, drawn out. I'm st- I'll still watch a season four if they get there, but okay. I'm just like, okay, we're now into season three. You guys need to do something big here. You're really drawing this out. I am. Um, um, and I'm going to interrupt her. No, I, I'm I almost was, done. No, you're um, fine. I was. And on my radar, we got girls and girl in the spider web comes out uh, next week. Looks good. Holmes and Watson comes out next week. I'll probably watch both of them if I have the time. I know at least watch girl in the spider's web. Holmes and Watson is going to be more of those. I just want to see something funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following week, we got Fantastic Beasts come out, um, Outlaw King, House of Cards, and a ton on DVR that I've got to catch up on. I just basically watched Daredevil. That's all I could really get. And so uh, we all know how I felt about that. Not Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, Daredevil season yeah. three. You no, got the right one. Brain is not. House of Cards I'm looking forward to. And sorry for your loss. Um, I'm really... I. I really want to see this. What's um, that one? This one. Okay. Now this is what, this is what I was going to say earlier. Um, the network is Facebook Watch. Have you heard of that before? It means you can only watch it on Facebook. That's the strangest thing I've ever heard. And I've never, I didn't know about that, but okay. Um, it, but it has, um, what's this on her? She's the Olsen. Oh yeah. Sorry for your loss. That was the one. I think I saw trailers for that. I'm sorry. Like over the summer. Olsen. Give me Elizabeth Olsen is in it. And it's, um, actually deals a lot with, um, loss and, um, depression and, um, yeah, I think uh, dealing with death, um, and how it transforms you. So I thought that sounded fantastic. Of course that, you know, the drearier, the better for me. Um, Jason's just like, I don't understand. And then I, I don't think I'll be able to do both this and Sabrina, but I want to see Sabrina too. So that's it. Sabrina's dark. It's not depressing. He was, yeah, I have a problem with dark too. He was like dark and yeah. depressing. I, you know, if it's funny, I'm having a hard time with it. I do want to actually see the movie, um, the father, son, uh, the with Timothy, Timothy Chalamet and, um, Steve Carroll. Yeah. Dustin saw it. He loved it. And I, I'm, interested in seeing that one too so hopefully i'll get that so it's called what beautiful boy, beautiful boy. that's what it's called so there we go all right i think that wraps up our show i think so, so too we're still long <laughs> four minutes yeah and we can't do it can we we just like to talk <laughs> we, we cut out a whole section and here we are uh Sorry, tony guys. where can we find you I'm on Facebook, Anthony Jack Carter 167. I'm on Instagram at Ant Carter uh, 85. And Twitter, S M T O R C H I O. And in Twitter news, oh. somebody on here is now being followed by the 44th president of the United States. Barack Obama is following me on Twitter. And I have no, we don't know why. We don't know why. But you know what? I'll take it. So, <laughs> so at VB Vidmar. That on tells Twitter. you how engaging her stuff are of Barack Obama is following Valerie. So I know. head on over, start it's following brilliant. her, blow up her feed. He just started what? He just started following me. Too. Hey, you said something that he wanted to listen to. I, so. I don't know what to say. Um, so, VB Vidmar on Twitter. I don't really, I'll keep tweeting you the. Should. Random tweets, I guess. I don't even really. Chirp, chirp, chirp. And then, um, <laughs> I believe Penny Lane sixty four on Instagram. 
And you can find me pretty much everywhere as GF Media or GF Media CEO. You can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter and culturalstew on Facebook. And if you're listening to this and you've actually got it, you are listening through our new feed. We actually migrated our website and our feed over to a new host. Um, So if you are getting this from somewhere else, hey, we've updated our feed. So go to our website and subscribe to the new feed. Let us know how you're doing. Oh, I'm getting the fingers here. And it's not the impolite finger, it's the weight finger. It's the weight finger because I, you know, we're, we live in Rochester and I just wanted to give out a um, kudos to the Rocky Horror Show at, 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 uh, at oh my gosh, Blackfriars Theater. God, my brain. Sorry. Blackfriars Theater, I saw it last night. It's fantastic. This is why we fantastic. need to keep our show short. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fading. Because our brains are working, but I saw it last night. It was, man, it was great, fantastic. I thought. It was fantastic, but I just want to let people know that they're actually taking it to New York City, January 11th, confirmed. So um, the show is actually going to hit Broadway or off-Broadway. But um, yeah, so it's a great show. I think it's sold out maybe, but you can still maybe get tickets, maybe. Yeah, what I would say, if you're listening to this and you are interested, call up the box office. I think their number is 585-454-1260. Um, and just at least get put on their waiting list for, they'll call you and let you know to get in for tickets. Like today, I think they had seven people, seven openings for this afternoon's performance. So things like that happen. Yeah, Um, I believe, yeah. And they added performances, so there might still be tickets left to the added performances. You can see the filming styles of Ron. Me. The beginning and the end. Yeah, cheap film, but it worked. Still. He's part of it. we We made some cheap B movie type material awesome. to kind of fit into the That's cool. thing. It was Danny Danny's idea that was executed and I think it worked for And it's gonna go to New York, man. There you go. If they use that when they go to New York. They will. So all right. Um that's it. That's it. Until next time. Ciao. Have a great The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today.
Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.